It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. We're back on this Monday edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop, happy to have you with us as we got a big show, Parkersburg South. Falling to Martinsburg as Martinsburg getting the win on Friday, 55-7. Jefferson beating Wheeling Park, 21-14. Spring Mills advancing as well with a win over Spring Valley. Musselman, though, their season comes to a close. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. College football, Shepard getting a big win. WVU played Oklahoma. <laughs> so, uh, And yep. um, we'll talk about Shepard's rankings and their uh, spot in the Super Region 2 playoffs kind of a little bit different and then we'll talk about the nfl but how you guys doing today the football sunday was not the best it could have been the saturday hey get to here and there yeah ups and downs you take what you take what you get what you kind of expected happened i feel like on saturday shepherd won wvu lost maybe you didn't expect it to be 59 20 but nah, that's not too far off from what i figured but you know overall not too bad it's monday weekend overall pretty good yeah and i mean the ravens are still on top of the north so commanders lost a tough one colin they did it was tough our show though by the way brought to you by brown funeral home and cremations robert fields and sons family owned full service funeral home proudly serving our area since 1880 just came down to the defense not stepping up and making big plays and it seems like it's either them not making big plays or the offense not making big plays. So, yeah, we are four That's and six. Kind of the story of a four and six football team usually. But yeah, let's get into high school football. Some good stuff over the weekend in high school football on Saturday or on Friday, excuse me. Like we said, Martinsburg dominating against Parkersburg South, fifty-five to seven. Um, it just seemed like you know this Martinsburg team continues to do what we expect from them and also the way they uh, controlled the line of scrimmage I thought it was their best game in a long time and I think they were fired up for the postseason um, and they did what they needed to do in terms of running the ball offensively and they slowed down Gage right on the uh, Parkersburg south side really good running back really talented kid but they shut him down and, and once they were able to do that which was pretty much from start to finish, you know, Parkersburg South really never stood a chance if they couldn't get any running game, couldn't control the clock and, and do what they probably wanted to do against Martinsburg. Martinsburg took that away with that incredible defensive line and then on their side of the ball just pretty much ran ran the football really well and, and even Murphy Clement threw the ball well. So um, I think he, he did, a, did what he had to do through the air and on the ground six total touchdowns i believe it was yes. for him so just a really impressive game from a very talented player yeah i think coach walker put it well in our interviews with matt miller on friday where it could just kind of and he's been in recent weeks been saying that teams just kind of been playing down to their competition probably not really focused putting in all of the effort that they could have towards the last few weeks of the season and i think that really showed on, on friday because this was ex- pretty much living up to the potential of what you would expect from this team and what you saw from them earlier on in the season 
where it's not just defensive domination. The defense has been fine, and they've been up to that elite level. The offense had just had some trouble finding its way, putting a, a whole lot of points up on the board against the teams that you would have thought. But that absolutely changed on Friday. Murphy Clement was doing a great job throwing the ball down the field. He missed some throws here and there, but he did it often enough to where it led to that 55 points up on the board. And it gives you the, it makes you optimistic for the rest of the tournament to where, you know, they face Jefferson now this week, and they already had a big win over Jefferson early in the year. You would expect a similar result from them. And then you have two games against the top teams in the state probably Huntington probably Cabell Midland and it makes you confident more confident and more optimistic that in the end they'll be able to hold up their end of the bargain and at least give those good games if not you know well, I think, win them I think you already had thought that they had a shot right to of knock off a Huntington team um but I think you're right Dylan that it it does it silences some of your questions that you may have had like mm-hmm. if they have to throw the ball will they be able to and i think they can do that and it's yep. been proven and i think it, it comes down to you know murphy he has a good arm that's clear it's just sometimes accuracy sometimes decision making as well accuracy decision making timing it seemed like for the past few weeks was off too with some of those deep shots that they were but he has the ability to do it but he clearly Mm -hmm. has the ability to do it we saw that against barkersburg south i mean 14 completions out of 26 attempts that's not the best but out of those 14 completions you go 251 yards and five touchdown passes yeah that's a big day yeah and that's a good game for a high school kid yes, like completing absolutely. 14 and 26 isn't bad for most high school quarterbacks and yeah. you know he's a great athlete he's not going to play quarterback at the next level we talked about this last week you know he's not tyson bajan who's going to throw for 200 300 yards each week but he has the ability to play at the next level and in, in some capacity whether that be running back or wide receiver offensively if that's the route he's going to play and you know he's he's not a next level quarterback but he's a very good high school quarterback and he's also your best athlete the most talented kid on the team you want the ball in his hands and he's going to for the most part make the right decision with the ball in his hands so um just you know it was nice to see a good game for murphy throwing the ball because i think he's been kind of waiting for that as well but moving forward martinsburg has spring mills this week we'll talk about that throughout the week um, you mean jeff i'm sorry jefferson yes but Jefferson, uh, they won one over Willing Park, 21-14, good football game. We know heading in, like, people maybe look at it and they go, they only beat the 11th seed by a touchdown, but it's a pretty good Wheeling Park team uh, that was playing good football at the end of the year, and they just didn't really have any signature wins when you look at their resume heading in, and that's what kind of dropped them down to 11. But you look at how they finished the year and the fact that they – I think they beat parkersburg south like 64 to 14 or something like yeah. that toward the end yeah. of the year so they were playing good football against other teams that you could consider in their i guess equal talent or at least you would think would be equal talent but they just dominated a parkersburg yeah, south you, team you see all the time look at any tournament where there's you know 16 teams going up against each other and they're ranked like this look at march madness six, six versus 11 seven versus 10 eight versus nine are very very often close games 
So you can say this that year we got a thirteen verse four upset. You got to throw one of those in your brackets exactly. every year. See, yeah. <laughs> yeah what hurricane going down? Hurricane going down to Parkersburg. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean that was a good, and we can talk it about was, that maybe a little bit later. But heading into it, I we had heard from Eric Little in his interview with us, you know how good that Parkersburg team was. So and that they were starting to heat up a little bit. So I wasn't, like, completely shocked that they put up a game. I was pretty shocked that they dominated Hurricane the way they did. Um, but, you know, that's a different matchup on the other side of the bracket. Uh, but I think they have a chance, too, this week against Princeton. I think they can yeah. pull off back-to-back upsets and all of a sudden be a semifinal team. So don't be right. too shocked if they if they go on another little run here from I'm Parkersburg. Going just logically speaking, if you can beat the – 13 if if you're the 13 seed if you can beat the four seed you would think you can beat the five seed yeah so and and princeton typically is a little bit overseeded now i've heard that they're really good this year um but they beat oak hill i don't know how good oak hill really was so um i haven't seen princeton against you know one of these other schools that we typically rank toward the top but we have seen that from parkersburg now so i would i would actually pick parkersburg this week going on the road there but that's we kind of got sidetracked from what we were talking about which was jefferson getting a win and and i think just coach hunter in this program now consistently has been able to get this team to the second round he talked about it last week in our interview with him it was a tough road it's going to be a tough road for them to achieve their goal which was at least make the semifinals this year um you know running into martinsburg in round two and even having a wheeling park team in round one wasn't the easiest draw um so it, it will be tough for jefferson this week i don't really see it happening but i think there's just the way this program has consistently now been a playoff team consistently getting to the second round they're clearly building toward maybe one day being able to knock off a team like martinsburg but they're not quite there yet but considering where they were a few years ago i think coach hunter and his staff has done a great job with this program and these kids have done a really good job of working closer toward that goal Absolutely, and we we kind of mentioned earlier when we started talking about this matchup, oh, you only won by a touchdown when you're the 6th seed going up against the 11th seed. point that I want to bring up is they almost had the same exact record. The only reason they didn't, most likely, is because Wheeling Park had one fewer game. Now, you you can't say if that game somehow got played, if they would have added somebody, if it was a win or a loss, but 7-2 against 8-2, only because of strength of schedule and you know how I'm starting to feel on that issue right now is that records I feel like and the fact that teams are winning compared to losing should probably matter a little bit more in yeah, some aspects I mean, than a strength tough, of schedule yeah. at times. I, I know it's tough, but looking at this matchup, you can tell Wheeling Park definitely probably shouldn't have been an 11 seed, maybe a little bit better. And Jefferson got the win. They're a good team. Now they get to face Martinsburg again a second time around. It was a blowout last time. They had some bright spots. We mentioned them in that last match up. We felt like Harrich, whenever he was scrambling, was probably their best form of offense. Can they put some wrinkles into the offense to make it a little bit more competitive? Potentially. It'll still definitely, as you said, be a long shot to truly see if Jefferson can knock off Martinsburg, but... Football still has to be played first. Yeah, you can't chalk it up and write it down on the bracket. Yeah, they wouldn't play the games if you already knew who was going to win. So, you know, I mean, when it comes to also Wheeling Park and that strength of schedule thing that you talked about, Colin, which I think it is a good rule for AAA. 
I don't know if it's a great rule for double A and single A, mm-hmm. like we talked about in the past. Um, and I think like Wheeling Park, why couldn't they have scheduled a game against Martinsburg at some point? No, I don't yeah, know when their bye week could. was, but they mm-hmm. they probably could have matched each other up at some point. Could have moved some games around. Who knows? Um, so it's like that would have been a good matchup to see for both teams. Could, would have been a good test for both of those programs. I feel like and and that's a game that should probably get scheduled right if, if they're both only playing nine games it's not too far i don't think so uh that that's a matchup that could happen down the line um but spring mills gets a win over spring valley again a team we figured would give the eastern panhandle team in spring mills uh a tough game and spring valley did that they're a good team they've gotten a lot better they ended the year on a six game winning streak heading into the playoffs but for this spring mills program it was their first taste of postseason action. From my understanding, it's a pretty young Spring Valley team as well. But for them to get a win this year and at least get to the second round, I think they're going to give Huntington a game. I don't know if it's going to be super close when we look up at the final score, but I think they can they can do it here. They have Max Anderson, who's played really well. I think they've given some other teams some good games across the state. They gave Martinsburg a pretty competitive game when we look at EPAC scores. So. Um, it, it may still be that Huntington wins by multiple touchdowns, but I, I think there's a chance that Spring Mills could go in there and, and give them a little bit of a game. I think they could. I mean, I, I don't really see it happening, but I, it wouldn't be like the I don't most see a surpri- win happening, but I think they could go in and, and contest. It, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world, although I do think that Martinsburg, like we mentioned, probably wasn't at full power in those last few weeks of the season, so I think that could be part of the reason that they kept it close and Martinsburg only I mean they were 20. healthy in that game so they were like... uh, they were uh, uh, but I mean if you look back at it Spring Mills is one touchdown they're they're only six points they were able to put up on the board was on kind of a broken play yeah. Max Sanders had to roll scramble out kind of almost ran into a his own offensive lineman on it and you know while Spring Mills put up more rushing yards than usual 50 55 of those yards of the you know close to 100 that they were able to get on martinsburg was on one run so if you close that down look at the rest of their runs it probably wasn't much different than what martinsburg's done against everyone else and i kind of think that huntington despite you know losing the cabell midland those two teams at the top i think the top three in the state are on their own tier yeah i would agree with that but spring mills could give them a fight I, I wouldn't be shocked if it were competitive I, I would be a little shocked if it came within say a touchdown yeah but if you say spring mills only loses by 10 10 to 20 points i'd say you know what that's not uh, not far away from you know, it's not that surprising. I think in right. the end, if you asked me to give like a final score prediction, I'd probably say somewhere in the in the realm of a forty-two to fourteen. But that's also that's what lo- I said would be the score against Martinsburg. That's you know, exactly what? what I was about to say. So hard. It's hard to say. It I, is- I think I lean more towards that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was competitive. Yeah, because well, as I we think said- we have to note too, like Huntington. Yes, they got a win here in round one. They look great, um, but. You know, that was lesser competition. And also, they have that big injury, Wayne Harris, being out at wide receiver. So that's a that's a pretty big hit. And 
we already know that they have a new quarterback. Uh, they lost Gavin Locko to graduation, so it's not quite the same Huntington team that we saw last year against Martin Truk. So without seeing them in person this year, um, and with that injury to your number one wide receiver, there are some things that I think Spring Mills can build on heading into this game. But here's the other thing. Spring Mills hasn't been in this situation yet. They haven't gone on the road with this group mm-hmm. right. to Huntington, made that travel, made that trip. And what will be a tough place to play, even if it's on a Saturday, and um, never you know an easy game, and it's one of the elite programs in the state. So it's going to be tough for Spring Mills. But there are some things that maybe they could make it a game if they uh, if they can go in there and, and play well. And as you mentioned, injuries on Spring Mill side, they were without Eaton yeah, last that's week because too. of concussion. I don't know if uh, that will still carry over to this week Depends or not. Depends on the severity of the concussion. Shout out to Kaz letting us know about that uh, yep. situation for last week's matchup. But we went back to saying it's tough because as Dylan kind of wanted to give a final score prediction but didn't fully yet say 42-14 Spring Mills Huntington. I feel like the reason um, why... It it's been so tough to really gauge that idea in our brain is because they've continued to surprise us time and time again this year and it's been arguably the biggest positive surprise that we've seen this year out of the team in the epac the expectation always is for martinsburg to do what they're yeah. doing so far this year so you, you gotta go to the next step and that i feel like would be the fact that spring mills has had its best season in school history and I would not be surprised if they put up a fight. I still think this team has a lot of talent. It's going to be tough. Do I see them winning? No, but who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, surprise us. I would give them a better chance of getting a win this week than Jefferson has against Martinsburg. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And, and Yeah. I mean, you're looking at it, too, like maybe they can put up a fight, but we'll see. Um Part of that is that we've seen what Jefferson versus Martinsburg looked like right. only about a month ago. And this is kind of like a, we don't really know necessarily. But Musselman, they uh, they had a tough one against Cal Midland. This one was never really close between the Appleman and the Knights. Uh, 63-22 final. Kind of what you expected. I wasn't sure if it would go that way or not because I thought maybe Musselman could kind of – get some of that magic that they had last year when they flipped the 27 point deficit but also this is a tougher team that they're playing this time in a number one seed it's also a lesser muscleman team yeah. and they have really no momentum heading into this game after the loss to parkersburg so it's a little bit different situation but i thought maybe they could make it a little bit closer i still thought cabell midland would win and really you look at it cabell midland like dylan said they're part of that elite group of the top three teams in the state they have two of the better players um and a really dangerous a really good combo at quarterback and running back between robert shockey and uh now i'm forgetting the running back's name but um he played at huntington and now i can't remember it but really good running back in their backfield and uh he i think they're gonna be you know a, a very elite team and it was tough for musselman to pull off that upset or even make it close, really. Yeah, it was what I believe fifty to six at halftime. So you can kind of look at it and final score being sixty three twenty twenty two. Excuse me. Probably say that the second string, if not third string, for Cabell Midland came in late in that game to allow 
I'm also going to get a few more weren't at that game, so can't 100% say that as fact, but still a very tough game that I kind of expected to go this way. As we said, Cabell Midland, a very good team. and Curtis Jones. They already so, played each yeah. other so far this year. That was 42-14. So... Yeah, I mean, Cavill's good. Like I've, I've I've been up there for a game uh, against Huntington a few years ago when they were uh, when Huntington was struggling and just like the the way they beat you. I mean, just running that football and it's 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 tough. I mean, they're a physical team usually, big up front, and when you have that combo between Shockey and and Jones, I mean, not knowing which one of them is going to get the ball now, you also throw in the ability that Shockey can throw it a little bit. While it's not their strength, um, it definitely makes them you know, a very tough team to play against, and it's a tough matchup for Musselman. So not too surprising. I mean, they got into the playoffs at 4-6. and six. Like we said, really had no momentum heading into the playoffs, and it's such a tough matchup. In the AAA, it's usually the 16-1 is just it's a big difference. So, Yeah, they should be glad they got into the playoffs, and that's their accomplishment for the year. You ran up against the number one team in the con- in the uh, the state in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but Colin, send us the break. Will do. As this segment brought to you by Parsons Ford of Martinsburg at fourteen hundred Shepherdstown Road and online at parsonsford.com. They became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the Sports Mix. Nick Verzalini, Kyle McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the show. So, Shepard dominates Mercyhurst. Big day on the ground from both Malachi Brown and Jordan Barnett. And you look back on it, too. Seth Morgan, I think, only had three or four incompletions. So, very good day throwing and running the football against the Mercyhurst team that gave the Rams a little bit of a fight in the first half, um, but just couldn't keep up with the Shepard offense. And, and the Rams defense ended up causing some turnovers in that second half and pulling away. So, good win for Shepard. They clinched their spot but not in the Super 1 Region 1 playoffs, but in the Super Region 2 playoffs as Shepard will head to Lenore Rhine on Saturday. Colin, do you know if we have a kickoff time? I don't think we did when I I think I saw one thirty. One thirty, I believe is around what time. I think so is what I saw. So, so, so I can double check. First, before we get into it, um, we will not have any away Shepard playoff coverage so if you're Mm -hmm. and the reasoning for that is because the ncaa has essentially made it so it's one broadcast um the home team has to provide that broadcast and then if if, even if it were a home game technically we would not have the coverage i was gonna say that it's it's exclusive streaming deal with huddle so for the division two playoffs if you would like to watch the shepherd game you have to go to huddle and pay you go to the ncaa.com website and yeah, it will you link can, you to huddle uh where you pay i think it's like 9.99 per game or something like that you can you, you can pay, pay like 30 dollars for the playoffs essentially it's uh, ten dollars for a single game twenty dollars for the whole playoffs thirty dollars if you also want the volleyball tournament the volleyball okay. playoffs there we go so 
that's that's a deal there. We would have provided the broadcast for a home game. Yes, but, but it wouldn't it have been, been on TV 10 or, would have or been. in YouTube. It would have just been on the huddle. So you would have heard yes. Travis and I and Dylan on the sidelines, but we would have been doing the and game. And at the studio. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know if he still I, yeah, would have I don't know how that would have been yeah. important. Yeah. That would have been I guess so. It probably just would have been our broadcast right. just oh. streaming to a different platform. So Sure. By the way, um, according to Lenora Ryan's website, it's actually a 1 p.m. kickoff. Okay. So 1 p.m., it's about a five-and-a-half, five-hour, 40-minute drive, I think, from Shepherdstown to Hickory, Hickory, North Carolina. So, yeah, so, it's it's a tough draw for Shepherd because... Yeah, I think we first have, we'll have to clear up any confusion that people may have as to why is Shepherd in Super Region 2 instead of Super Region 1. Can we, I say my funny answer first? Sure. It's because they won Region 1 too much. I mean, could be part of it. Somebody's just tired of them winning mm-hmm. all the time. So, essentially, what what happened was this was a new rule that the NCAA put in place for Division Two for this tournament a couple years ago. That the teams ranked five, six, and seven in a region are technically not ranked for the actual tournament. Like they rank the top four, and then they decide the other three teams to get in. But those teams are fluid; they can be moved around. So it's not four versus five, it's not three versus six, it's not two versus seven. It's just five, six, and seven moved wherever. And they started having this rule that they could move to different regions based on travel, or I don't know if this is officially put into the bylaws, but I think it's implied that it can also be to avoid having rematches in the playoff tournament. So New Haven won the NE10, their conference, by beating Bentley on Saturday. And another rule that the NCAA has for the tournament is that even if you don't finish in the top seven ranked for your region, if you get finished, if you get ranked eighth or ninth, you get in by what they call earned access. So you're a conference champion, you're ranked eighth or ninth, you bump out whoever was seventh, and we believe that was Cal that got bumped out for New Haven. Yeah, Cal or Fairmont State, whoever they decide was seventh. Right. So, or Frostburg State, I think, would have been the, the one. But the rules with earned access is, okay, you get in, but then you you do have to play the number two seed. That's no longer fluid. You have to play the number two seed in the region, which they Slippery Rock's loss actually dropped them down to fourth, mm-hmm. and they put Charleston as the number two seed. So New Haven had to play Charleston, which left Shepard and East Stroudsburg to play Kutztown and Slippery Rock, which meant that if they didn't move anyone out of the region, Kutztown would have had a rematch no matter what because they played both East Stroudsburg and they played Shepard. So the committee decided that they were going to move one of the two teams out of the region and move in Virginia Union. Yes. So Virginia Union could have you know, played Lenore Rhine, but instead they were moved to Kutztown, and it was essentially the same amount of travel for them. And for, they decided Shepard was the team that was close enough to say, you guys can go play Lenore Rhine. It's about 600 miles, I think it was, something like that. It was like a six-hour drive. Yeah. So that's within reason. I think that 600 miles is what I heard that the re- the committee tries to go off of. 
I think it's just like overall, as as you kind of explained it now, Dylan. So, so know, yeah, Shepard was moved out. Ryan, yeah, to Shepard was moved out to avoid rematches, avoid anyone in the region, which would have been Kutztown, having a rematch with either ESU or Shepard. I think the tough thing is, yeah. is like Shepard beat East Strasburg, so you would think technically they'd be the higher ranked team. So it's like, why does Shepard get this situation? Well, because East Strasburg, I understand that you know, East Strasburg wouldn't be able to travel all the way further up. Yeah. But it's like, you kind of think that maybe they'd yeah, be the Shepherd, ones that get the tougher... Shepard does travel. get the short end of the stick in this. They yeah. could have traveled up to Slippery Rock. Or Kutztown. Or Kutztown. But instead... Or, you know, if the earned access thing didn't happen, it could have been Char- Charleston as well. That's what I thought was going to happen. My prediction was that We didn't Kutztown, really think... Yeah. That, that New Haven would now be in already as a top seven team because they had two losses. Everybody else had three that was competing for that last spot. And I figured, however they throw Slippy Rock and Kutz down together, you know, whatever the case be. But I thought that Shepard would ultimately draw Charleston. You would see New Haven take on Kutz down because that's the closest for them. And then East Strasburg would take on Slippery Rock. And that's not how it played out because I guess they didn't consider the matchups when they made the rankings. And I guess for whatever reason, they, yeah, they, Cal well, they, they dropped more than New Haven, but they dropped slippery. At rock the end of the day, down. look, Shepard's got a game. They're in the playoffs. They have an opportunity, but if they win, it's going to be probably a tougher region in super region two than in super region one. I feel like for them to win it, but it is somewhere where I think they've been before. I think they've been in this situation before when they were in the MEC, um, back when it was the West Virginia Conference and they uh, had to make this trip before because they played Lenore Ryan twice in the 90s. So, um, you know, I mean, I think it's an interesting matchup. It's definitely a team that I think Shepard could beat, but they're pretty tough. I mean, they're, what, 10-1? and one. Yes. Um, haven't looked too much into them. They have Kyle Duggar as a famous alum- alumni who was a second-round pick of the Patriots a few years ago. And, um, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be tough again going on the road here for the Shepherd team. And if they win, I think they would have to most likely play Delta State on the road. So that's another trip to Cleveland. And of course, like West, West Florida is in there. It's, a, it's kind of a weird region. My whole thing is, is like if you're going to move teams around, like what's the point of the regions? Like I know it's for travel, but it's like if you're still going to be able to move teams, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Like, a little bit. I think it's because they try not to move the teams. I think they I mean, just make it. Seen there's there's too many like, like rules on who you can play and who you can't play and rematches and all this other stuff. So like, just put the best seven teams in their region in and then seed it. Like make it easier on yourself than doing all this other stuff. Shepherd's regular region SR one is typically seen as the easiest region uh, in D two. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to put you know take these other teams from these other regions and plop them in the sr1 a lot of them at the top would breeze through it and get your grand valley states and your ferris states they S- play each other right they play each other in round one the, this this year and so, like that was the regional championship last year i think and it was kind of viewed at, by people as being the you know the quasi national, national championship, championship yeah. yeah so that's you know the alabama and georgia sr2 is one of those regions it doesn't have grand valley state and ferris state in it but it is hard it doesn't have colorado school of mines in it but i'm looking at this is the this is the analytics i like to go to it's it's espn's college football analytics they go all the way down to d2 from bill Connolly, sp plus 
this region has their number one seed is ranked seventh overall in the country. Delta State, not not the one seed, is ranked even higher at number six. Lenore Ryan is right below the the one seed in the region, Benedict, as the eighth best team in the country. West Florida is seen as the the tenth best team in the country. So we've seen Slippery Rock was undefeated all throughout the regular season until they lost to Kutztown. SP Plus has Slippery Rock as the 11th best team in the country. So according to this, that you know, Tiffin is ranked very high, fifth in the country for, from these metrics, but this region has four teams better than Slippery Rock in it, according to this to these analytics, including the team that Shepard drew in the first round, Lenore Ryan, who was seen as the eighth best team in the country with the 18th best offense and the fourth best defense. So yeah. I mean, they're good. Like, yeah. this is not an easy first-round matchup, but you knew that for Shepard anyway. Yeah. I mean, once they lost the Bloomsburg game, it wasn't going to be easy. They were going to have to most likely go on the road and probably play a team that had a better record and, and had some better things for them. Yeah, I, th- I felt like if Shepard drew Charleston, they would probably win that game yes. just based on what you know we kind of knew about the programs, or at least they had a good chance. These they still have a shot are- against this Lenore Ryan team. I don't think they're going to you know go down there, and it's not going to be Ferris State or anything like that, but I think it will be tough. Um, and, it, and I think, really, I mean, Shepard just needs to take care of the football. Like, if this team takes care of the football, they can compete with these teams in Super Region 2. But if they continue to have these fumbles and these poor decisions with their passes, and I mean, because that's still the takeaway for me after the Mercyhurst game. Like, yeah, you put up 49 points. Yeah, your defense did some good things, but you're still fumbling the football. You're still doing little things that are holding you back from being elite this season. And I feel like if that continues in the postseason, which based on the fact that it's been a problem all season, there's no real reason to believe that it's going to all of a sudden go away. This team may really struggle down there in Super Region 2. So, look, I mean, this is the draw you got. Um, you're going to try to take advantage of the situation. You know, it's tough. I mean, it stinks that Shepard got kind of the short end of the stick, but hey, like, you're back-to-back region champion. You've pretty much dominated Super Region 1. Maybe you can embrace this challenge in a lot of ways. This is a brand new challenge for you to go up against some really good programs. And if you, uh, you know, prove that you can come out of this region, now all of a sudden you're talking about Shepard with these elite programs again. And I think they still are in that conversation. I still think they could go in and win this region if they play the best of their ability. But these last few games, you know, I, I still feel like that issue of turning over the football is a huge issue. And and it, if they can eliminate that, I think they can compete. If they don't, I don't know if it will be close. Yeah, there isn't a team in this region that's on the level of School of Mines, Ferris State, Grand Valley State, but they are on that next tier. If this were Division One college football, you'd be talking about Florida, you know, Florida State, not quite Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, but you'd be talking about Florida State and the the other like Washington, Oregon. That, that's the kind of teams that we're dealing with at this point. I I think Shepard can compete in this game, and they can compete in the region. But honestly, I think they lose to Lenore Ryan. Yeah, I mean, we'll break it down throughout the week, maybe take a little bit deeper look into this team. It's a little early for me to make a prediction on it right now, but uh, we hope to have Coach McCook on the show also at some point this week. For those that want to make the trip, good news. 
temperature high as of right now in Hickory will be in the mid-60s compared to the low 50s back here in Martinsburg. You're traveling down south. Yeah, as this segment brought to you by Orsini's, not just a appliance store anymore. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way or online at Orsini's.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the show. Colin, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, WVU falls to Oklahoma 59-20. Started off all right for the Mountaineers. Hudson Clement made a catch, so that was good to see. But, um, I mean, this this is kind of what you guys, what we kind of expected with the fact that WVU hasn't competed with a top-level team this year. You're a liar. You didn't expect them to lose? No, you didn't expect them to lose. You said on Friday's no, show. No, I said they were going to lose. me to pick WVU and winning. <laughs> did I say they were going to win, though? I don't think yes. I said they were going to win. Yes. If I did, I was I was just talking. Because I, I was like, no, sense. there's no way they win. And then you're like, eh, blah, 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 whatever it was, we'd have to go back listen. And I'm like, you know what? You convinced me. I'll pick the Mountaineers, too. And I don't think I... I thought that was the Commanders now. game. Nick likes to, to pick the, the, the Commanders. Nick likes to look on the you, bright you side. You might have picked the Commanders, too. but I did pick the Commanders, that's for certain. I think with WVU, I was like, well, maybe this is their chance to get a signature win. They haven't done that yet. But I still said Oklahoma was going to win. I think with the Commanders, I was like... Man, what does Seattle really have? Like, why are you scared of them? Give me the Commanders. I think that was the one that you flipped. I don't know. It might I think be. we still picked Oklahoma to win, but we were like, yeah, WVU might make it close, I think is what we said. I could be wrong. You'd I have, have a bad memory right. sometimes. I do, too. So I'd have to go look at the tape, but I think that's what we're talking about here. Dylan, though, reminded me of something that's getting our sponsors as we're brought to you by Hagerstown Ford. Visit them online at Hagerstown Ford. Dot com, as well as the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call them today at 304-263-4343 or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. I remember that. I do not remember this conversation The to help clarify. Unfortunately, I do not have the, the memory. I do not have that in my memory bank either. I'm sorry. And, and normally you wouldn't be here on Friday, but you were point, yeah. on Friday this past week. But, um, I mean, hey, WV's got their final two games. They look winnable. They do. They should be able to finish with eight regular season wins, which yep. would be a improvement and would be above expectations, at least based on, you know, how the conference has voted. So, I think that keeps Neil Brown's job, and he can continue to try to build something in the right direction here. But I do, too. Sorry for everybody that wants Jimbo Fisher in Morgantown. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. That would never. He's also happen. too expensive. Yes, that would cost them a billion dollars. I don't think you want Jimbo Fisher. I don't either. But we don't need don't to go down do. that rabbit hole today. I think yeah. you, he would be a good coach for them. Sure. Because he's a great recruiter. So if he could get some recruits to Morgantown, they should probably be able to compete in the Big Twelve. He's been a great recruiter with Florida State and Texas A and M money. That's true. Yeah. Would he be a great recruiter with WVU money? Well, he's a big name, so people would be yeah. at least attracted to that. He wasn't a great recruiter his last couple of years in Florida State. That's why Brian Harson almost didn't make it long enough to you know get Florida State back to where they are now. Him and Willie Taggart, you know, 
part of the reason they struggled so much is Jimbo just stopped recruiting in the last couple of years. So yeah, yeah, Jimbo, he's a guy. He's from the state. Maybe he he'll come back on Nick Saban's dream WVU staff. Sure, let's go with that. When that happens, never. Um, NFL time. Yeah, your Commanders, Colin. They were kind of close, but they lost on a last-second field goal. The Ravens lose on a last-second field goal. So we'll start with Washington. Um, I mean, this game was kind of weird. Like Seattle had some had a nice little lead at one point. Washington came back. I think Sam Howe continues to be honestly pretty impressive which is kind of weird because a few weeks ago we were just like this guy's not the guy but he continues to get better it seems like and um eric b is doing a good job with that offense but their defense just isn't good enough yeah I, I know i said a few weeks ago i think it was the giants game potentially that sam howell wasn't the guy and i'm starting to believe in him a little bit again he looked really well sam howell somehow some way kept washington in that game because it definitely wasn't the run game and it wasn't the defense he is just so chaotic, Sam Howell. <laughs> I, I've, it clicked with me, finally. This is what Johnny Manziel was supposed to be. Johnny Manziel had some, let's call them issues, that led to him not having much of an NFL career. And I just feel like this is what he was supposed to be if it all came I can kind of see that. Came together. It's just... You, you'll live and die by, by Sam Howell. There's almost like a Brett Favre-ish gunslinger type of vibe to him. He's not as good as Brett Favre. Yet. Sure. <laughs> but he's a, I think he's he's shown you enough. And, you know, leads the league in passing yards right now. Obviously, the Bills haven't played tonight yet or anything like that. That might be their biggest problem because they have no running game and they right they can't, and when you have yeah, a young quarterback nothing. you have to be able to run the football I, they couldn't get anything going against and Seattle. how leads the league in passing yards but that's probably because his defense can't stop anybody right that's there's a so, no number of factors go into that that i don't think sam howell is i think a lot of that is empty let, let, let's say but i think he's proven enough to where you can ride out the rest of the year with him you're almost certainly not going to make any playoff run and that's probably what it would take to keep ron rivera around for another year after this one so i think you let when him they got the new ownership in you pretty much felt like rivera right was they, gone anyway rivera made the playoffs yeah rivera is probably a lame duck coach yes. you know no matter what because of the ownership change and the fact that he hasn't you know the owner's not inheriting a successful you know what ron rivera right? is good at <laughs> i saw this on barstool he's good at like going up there and using what was the quote that the the barstool washington fan said i can't remember exactly but he's good at you like uh-huh. going up there when when uh dan snyder messed up and, and just saying like words like speaking to the media and making people feel like like you know we're gonna we're, well, we're focused on our football team we're yeah. creating culture <laughs> around and you know probably something. he's good at that but he hasn't been good at winning football games no, and, and with the new no. ownership you don't need somebody to and, speak for or snyder's mistakes anymore and rivera's had that like gm those gm duties which rarely work out when head coaches are also in charge of the roster it, it seems like so you know bill o'brien in in houston and whatnot it worked for it's worked for belichick it has worked for Belichick, and it seems like even he needs to have that pulled away from him. So, Ravens lose to the Browns. Yeah, yeah let's talk are. about the best football team in the NFL. They still yeah. are. Listen, even the best teams, 
It's the, the NFL Cleveland is weird. Browns? Did I not come on here Friday and just like I didn't say that the Browns were going to win, but there was just something. The vibes were off for this week for me. I don't know. It just felt like one of those weeks where it's like the Browns just randomly beat the Ravens, even though the Ravens are better. And that's kind of what went down. Like uh, there was the that weird deflect the helmet deflection, or it wasn't a helmet deflection, I don't think, but you know, the deflected pick six for both teams. But then the Browns at the end of the game when they were making their comeback, and Ravens couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball. The Ravens got dominated in the trenches. Like the yeah, Browns' defensive yeah. line was insane. Darius Smith was playing like he had something to prove. Right now. By the end of the game, the Ravens were using three backup linemen, but they came into it using one, and one of them is supposed to be, you know, good enough to be a starter on a lot of teams, Patrick McCarry. Miles Garrett's just insane, a future Hall of Famer, yeah. a first ballot Hall of Famer, and the rest of that line is good. Like you said, Smith, Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle, blocked a field goal from, from Justin Tucker. Uh and I think just that, plus the Browns were able to run the ball really well in the second half. They got dominated in the trenches. The Lamar had no time to throw. Uh, he got under duress, made a couple of mistakes, and that's all it really took. Deshaun Watson played better than usual. But good in the second half. First half, he was terrible. Oh, I think yeah. he had like five completions for in half, halftime. Yeah. Right, it was uh, all the second half. Going into halftime, you're just like, nope. I still felt Cruising. like at halftime, like we weren't playing – or the Ravens weren't playing their best, the but off- it was like they're still in control of the game, so they should be okay. The offense is still inconsistent. But they didn't get the run game going, and I felt like when they couldn't get the run game going, besides that 39-yard run, I think they averaged 2.9 yards per carry on every other carry. So they really never established a running game. Um, and, you know, you take that away from a team that's been running the football so well and that still is the strength of this team while they've upgraded in the passing game Lamar is a good passer mm-hmm. he's grown as a quarterback they still want to run the ball and and when they can run the ball they are very tough to stop when they Keaton can't Mitchell. run the ball it's easier to stop them Keaton Mitchell um, did great but he then he only got three touches in the second half he only had three carries the entire game I think right yeah, so. he dropped a potential touchdown on a second touchdown for himself on a wheel route uh, i think the other thing the browns did really well on defense jim schwartz is it's a great defense they have is they had the guys that could cover mark andrews mark andrews yeah, he didn't do anything had one catch until the fourth two catches quarter. he had one catch until the fourth quarter and then he had that like 30 yarder they had guys like jeremiah wusu koromora koromoa and uh, grant delpit that were able to cover mark andrews not a lot of teams have that so yeah i mean it was just it was a bad game but maybe they can bounce back against since this week if they beat since this week since he might be out i mean they dropped the what yeah. five and five at that point i so. think the Bengals are winning it's in baltimore yeah but that's just how this goes you know they've had some injuries ronnie stanley went down marlon ronnie stanley is like he, he, he can't stay healthy. short week I'm Short week with a with a handful of injuries. Um, don't count out the Pittsburgh Steelers either. By the way, no matter how bad their offense might be, they still somehow win games. They're yeah. sitting six and three. Still outscore out gained in every game. Amazing. And they're six and three. They though they found something the with Jalen Warren in Cleveland though. than the Bengals. But for Nick Verzellini as well as Dylan Bishop, I'm Colin McLaughlin signing off on today's edition of the Sports Mix.